It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. And aboard our good friend, frequent visitor, Dr. Ron Fields, interventional cardiologist, medical director of St. Mary Heart and Vascular Center. That sounds like a lot of work, Doc. I'm telling you, that's a big title out there for you. They do uh, try to keep me busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do. And the topic today is abdominal aortic aneurysms, triple A. They said, you think of AAA? I said, yeah, I got a membership, but that's not a club you want to be involved with. That's for sure, right? AAA, uh, yeah. this kind, is a yeah. whole lot more serious. I would say so, and you're right there. You've been with uh, um, uh, with St. Mary's quite some time, haven't you? I mean, Do I have to admit this one? Yes, you it's, did. Uh, Under oath. Just, uh, just in 30 years. <laughs> 30 years, man. So you have some stories to tell and all the, uh, the uh, progression throughout the years at St. Mary's and all the wonderful things that... Uh, uh, is going on out there, and you know it's it's uh, it is amazing when you when you read something like that. It just seems uh, to me it always seemed like it always snuck up on people. It just uh, happened or something. And is is that the nature of this? For aneurysm, yes. Yeah. It, uh, in, in the thirty years here, it's yep. quite the evolution between the county, the hospital, and medicine in general. Nothing stays still anymore. Right. The, uh, the aneurysms um, are focused today. Mm-hmm. is a, a subset of vascular disease. Mm-hmm. So most of the time when people talk about cardiovascular disease, we think about heart attacks and right. strokes. Yes. But the aneurysms are much less common, uh, but just as serious. They have a higher fatality rate uh, if they go undetected than a heart attack. You're more likely to survive a heart attack than you are a ruptured aneurysm. Wow. Uh, the... Um, and it does sneak up on you, as you said. Yeah, it always seems like it's one of the silent killers. I had no idea this happened, or uh, I went in for a checkup and we found something. I mean, that if, they're, if you're that lucky that uh, somehow you're in the right place at the right time, yeah, it's, uh, it is dangerous in that way. Is, is the detection improved over the years, uh, Dr. Fields? Detection? Well, maybe, maybe we should back up for yeah. a moment, Jim, and just talk about what is an aneurysm. Okay, go ahead. So people yeah. uh, are we're all on the same page here. Okay. An aneurysm is when a part of the artery wall weakens, and it allows it to balloon out or widen. Um, so it looks like a, a balloon that you kind of inflate in the middle, those long clown balloons where it just right. starts to bulge in the middle part, mm-hmm. comes down, widens, and then narrows again. It can be in many different arteries of the body. Uh, you can in the aorta. What we're focusing on today could be in the chest, called those thoracic aortas, and in the abdomen, abdominal aortas. Yeah. But in I've the chest, there's a big, yeah, there's a big difference in the chest. Whether it's the very beginning of the aorta, aorta as the heart, as the blood leaves the heart, the arch around where the vessels that come go to your head or neck are, or the descending part that heads down towards the abdomen. They actually have three different treatments for those three different sites. Right. But you can also get aneurysms elsewhere. People can die suddenly from a ruptured cerebral aneurysm. You can have aneurysms in the artery behind your knee, in some of the organs in the, that go to the spleen or to the kidney. You can develop aneurysms. Uh, so they're, they're all can happen. Uh, the uh, aortic aneurysms, chest and abdomen, those are more common. And of those, 
abdominal aortic aneurysms are the most common yeah. aneurysm we deal with. Yeah, because they're always uh, worried about strokes and everything else that go on, but this is pretty serious stuff. This, are there uh, certain markers or detectors, risk factors that uh, that we'll call AAA uh, can can lead you to where it is? The um, the detection is still difficult yeah. because in the chest there's no phys- there's no physical exam findings where you can assess the aorta in your chest because of the ribs you can't feel yeah. the aorta if, if you're just on an exam. Stomach probably. In the abdomen you can. If you lie flat and you push right around where your belly button is, if the aorta is large enough, uh, you'll feel a pulsation. You'll feel this wow. pounding artery up against your fingers. Mm. Un- unfortunately, uh, with America, as we know, it's uh, the, our bellies are tending to get bigger and bigger, and hence the ability to feel an aortic aneurysm on exam is much harder. If you're overweight, it's it's very hard to to feel the aorta. So because of that, they often get missed. That's double jeopardy right there. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have the old six-pack working like we used to, but uh, certainly there's probably diet and uh, uh, exercise factors that can certainly put the percentages in your favor. The, uh, the causes have to do a lot with all the mm. causes for other cardiovascular disease. Wow. So, so some of them are congenital. There's mm. just a weakness in the wall itself and allows it to bulge out. One of those, like Marfan syndrome that Abe Lincoln had, these very tall, super tall, thin people, wow. they're the, the tissue that holds the tissues together is defective, and it allows aneurysms to occur. But the most common kind is the same causes that heart, heart disease and stroke. It's high cholesterol, it's high blood pressure, diabetes, smoking, the same risk factors that we're dealing with for, for all vascular disease. It is a form of the most, the most common aneurysms are a form of vascular disease, not this congenital. Yeah. You can occasionally get them from trauma too. In a bad accident, can put sheer, like a tearing force on the aorta and an aneurysm can develop there. Uh, but the ones that come from the traditional risk factors are the most common. Are they? Uh, is it common, uh, AAA? Is it, uh, is it big time common or, or one of those ones? Way that less than heart disease and strokes, mm-hmm. but there's a couple million deaths a year from this. Yeah. Yeah, so, I can say yeah. they're undetected, undetected and like I said, the survival rate is not as, uh, not as uh, high as it should be, but... That's a, if it gets if it gets to the point where it ruptures, yeah. that's where the mortality comes from. Just right. having it was usually more often than not, unfortunately, won't have symptoms. Right. Occasionally, it'll get big enough where it's starting to press on things around it, um, and you may have some back pain. But almost everybody has some back pain, so that's not a very good clue. Uh, it tends to the most common time we find it is not because of symptoms. It's because someone happens to get a CAT scan or an ultrasound for another reason. They were having some belly pain that they thought maybe was their gallbladder or their appendix or diverticulitis. They get a CAT scan and go, oh, by the way, your gallbladder's fine, but you happen to have this big aneurysm in there that we didn't have any idea about before. That's the most common way these get picked up, by luck. Right, and uh, that's why you're the interventional cardiologist, so it's, uh, it's move and move in a hurry after that, right, doctor? You find that depends on the size of it when you okay. find it. So if it's causing symptoms, if it's and it causes symptoms, usually when it's there are two two ways. Sometimes your arteries, all your arteries are made of several layers, 
So you can start to get a tear between the, the layers. They call that a dissection. So it's still intact, but blood now is getting in between the layers. The, the, the different layers are separating, and that can cause severe pain. If it's, if it's the abdominal aorta, it would be pain in the abdomen or in your lower back. If it's in the chest, you tend to feel it as a sudden onset of a, a horrible pain, worst pain of your life between your shoulder blades. Wow. Because um, it, your aorta runs on top, like closer to where your spine is. So a sudden, unexplained, severe pain between your shoulder blades, that's an emergency CAT scan. Boy. You have to go to the ER stat and, go to, and get a chest, chest, um, chest CT scan and then see. And if it is dissecting, depends where it is, but often it's emergency surgery. There are some that you can just kind of watch and see if they'll heal up on their own, and many times they do. Boy, boy everything in, in your business is stat these days, I'll tell you what. Uh, no question. Dr. Ron Fields is with us on our St. Mary Healthline Interventional Cardiologist and Medical Director at St. Mary's, and we're coming right back after we take a break. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart. Join WBCB's News Director Rick Rickman this and every Thursday from 1 to 2 for Views from the Hill, a local news roundup of the issues that affect business owners, students, and residents of Bucks County. Rick will have local policymakers, elected officials, and community leaders every week. It's Views from the Hill from Magnolia Hill, in the heart of Levittown with WBCB's Rick Rickman every Thursday, 1 to 2, right here on 1490 WBCB. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. With Dr. Ron Strawberry Fields. We've called him that more than a few times and uh, a lot going on. He's the interventional cardiologist, medical director, St. Mary Heart and Vascular Center and Doctor, one of the things on the on the sheet here is uh, is screening. You, is that the is there something there that can can be done? That maybe that's the best you have thus far. Is a is a, a screening for for what you're looking so for. The Medicare has a free screening, but for a very limited high risk group. Yeah. Uh, the only group that and it's a little sexist, but the only group that Medicare will pay for a screen in someone who's not having any symptoms is if you're age 65 to 75, male, and prior smoking wow. uh, or current smoking. Jeez. So if you have those three criteria, Medicare will pay for a free screen. Um, but that's obviously that's the most common category of people who have this. But you can see it younger, older, can see it in non-smokers, can obviously you can see it in women. Uh, it's just you'd have to screen so many people to find the few uh, that they don't recommend just everybody getting a screen. I think it should be broader than that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, it's not. That is the, uh, it, it's, it's, it's scary just talking about it, really. It is. You just don't know walking around. You're looking, you're yeah, one, one, thing. one thing I have encouraged some people to do, because I know their insurance won't cover it if mm-hmm. you have no symptoms, there are some private commercial companies um, that go around to, in a truck to churches and community centers, and for a fee, 
they'll do a quick screen of your carotid artery, your abdominal aorta, uh, your leg arteries, your heart rhythm, some do a bone density, um, this quick screen there. And um, those are fairly effective. They're, if, you're not, if you have a lot of the risk factors, especially if there was a family history of an aneurysm, or you're just diabetic, smoke, high blood pressure, um, those are not a bad value. Do you ever? Uh, I have seen people come to my office because that screen picked up their aneurysm. I think the, uh, the the most I ever got was a catheterization way back when. It's like twenty five years ago through the femoral artery. Uh, had a cardiomyopathy, and they were also looking for things it wasn't <laughs> as much as it was. Um, uh, that was uh, you know you had to be on your back for twelve hours. Not so much anymore, but. That's the the one I remember most is a catheterization through the femoral artery. But uh, you'd still do things like yeah, that. Yeah, we don't normally do a cath to assess this. The CAT mm. scan gives you better information. Yeah. Um, for the coronary arteries, catheterization is terrific. Yeah. And as we, as I think you and I have talked on prior shows, sure. more often than not, we um, the new cardiologists are staying very up to date. Will do that that catheterization through your wrist artery, not yeah. your leg artery. Yeah, in most people now, so you can sit up as soon as you're done. Far less chance for bleeding after the procedure. It's a newer way. Well, new meaning it's over ten years old, but in the scheme of things, a newer way of doing it. So um, some people they didn't learn it in their training, uh, never did pick it up. But mm-hmm. there's quite a few of the docs at St. Mary's. Uh, do the cat through the wrist now. Uh, that's the way to go. That's uh, that's. I went old school. That, that's all there was at the time. Were there any? That's uh, all there was. That's it. Is there any like uh, meds that's kind of combat this a little bit, or is it kind of like a coverall of everything? Uh, it's treating those risk factors. It's yeah. getting your cholesterol down, and and obviously stop smoking, diabetes, yeah. and blood pressure. They changed the blood pressure guidelines last year. I don't know if that's mm. come up in any of your talk shows yet. They. It's just over a year now that the blood pressure guideline was 140 over 90, unless you were diabetic, wow. then it was lower. Yeah. But now it's 130 over 80. Jeez. So that's with these less... new guidelines, because they found that the lower number, there was less heart attacks, less strokes, yeah. all, all those things. They say, the uh, just read something yesterday from the American Heart Association, that they now estimate 48% of the people in this country Forty-eight percent, almost half the people in this country, at adults, have cardiovascular disease. If you include hypertension as part of cardiovascular pre- disease, yeah, yeah hypertension, yeah. blood pressure, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that makes a whole lot more people hypertensive now that weren't before. Yeah, and that's the first thing they do is uh, is get the blood pressure rolling, and then that uh, that tells a lot before you get started. Yeah, so yeah, I, the cholesterol is probably the biggest risk factor. Yeah. It's hard to form plaque in your vessels. Even if you do have diabetes or smoke, if you don't have high cholesterol, yeah. um, not everyone's arteries are prone towards plaque buildup. And even these aneurysms really is, it's the same process. Kind of plaque builds up in there, weakens the wall, and gets the whole process started. So cholesterol, a lot of people say, I don't want to take the meds. I heard yeah. bad things about the meds. The meds are safe. They, they work. Mm. Survival is dramatically, every study ever that looked at a statin, statins, um, their survival was better in the treated group than the placebo group. Yeah, uh, is triglycerides in there as well, or no? Pancreatitis, is there anything like that uh, for triglycerides? (laughs) That's that's not as short an answer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Triglycerides keeps going back and forth. So there were initial studies that said that triglycerides did seem to be an independent risk factor besides the cholesterol. 
So those are the two lipids in your blood, cholesterol and triglycerides. The cholesterol you'll hear, often hear broken down to the good cholesterol, HDL, bad cholesterol, LDL, the LDL that actually makes up the plaque in the arteries. Triglycerides is another lipid, and, it, and by different studies, it was a risk factor, not a risk factor. They feel now it's not a, it's probably not a direct risk factor, it's more indirect. It changes some other part of the lipid uh, molecules to make the cholesterol more likely to cause plaque when you have a high triglyceride level. Right. Uh, none of the drugs that lower triglycerides have um, lowered heart attacks or strokes till just recently. So we have like fish oils and fibrase and niacin um, can lower your triglycerides, but none of them change the outcomes. There's yeah. no difference in heart attacks or strokes. The omegas. There's a new one out last year that's um, a very purified, only one specific fish oil. So over-the-counter fish oil has several omega-3 fatty acids. This one just has one. It's only by prescription. And this new one, the SIPA, does uh, lower heart attacks or strokes, but none of the others have ever shown to do that. I know through the blood work, I, I get they have a thing called lipid profiles. What uh, is that? The, is that the, uh, well, that is, that is just concluding your cholesterol, triglyceride, HDL, yeah. and LDL. Wow, that just is basically the four numbers. Looking you know, at those. it always seems like some you know you're a big guy, you can have higher cholesterol than, but uh, sometimes guys are a lot thinner than I am have a cholesterol problem, and can, that could be congenital as well, isn't it, Doc? Yeah, cholesterol is not, it's not caused by your diet. Yeah. It's a metabolic disease. Mm. It's if you don't metabolize cholesterol properly, and there's a few different ways that mm -hmm. you can uh, make too much cholesterol or just not get rid of it fast right. enough. Um, but that's a metabolic disease. You don't do, that is not caused by, your diet didn't cause your high cholesterol. It can be part of your treatment for the high cholesterol. Exercise can help lower it. The low cholesterol diet, the uh, weight loss, but they're not the reason you have it. Mm. Same thing with diabetes. It's a metabolic disease. Eating a lot of carbs doesn't cause diabetes. It's part of the treatment if you have diabetes. Right. So it's important to pick the right parents. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Dr. Ron Fields is with us, interventional cardiologist, medical director at St. Mary's, and we're coming right back. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So, the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people. With brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. I'm Harvey from Bernie Robbins Jewelers. When you put one of our gift boxes in front of someone, magical things happen. Eyes light up. Big smiles appear. I mean, luxuriously crisp paper, iridescent copper ribbon, our orange monarch butterfly. Well, there doesn't even have to be anything in the box. Wait, what am, what am I saying? I'm trying to sell jewelry here. Of course, something has to be in it. But what? We'll help you with that. From an impromptu gesture to a milestone gift. At Bernie Robbins Jewelers, we've got your gift and we've always got your back. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. On board with uh, Dr. Ron Fields. For more information, please visit the website, stmaryhealthcare.org. He's a fountain of knowledge. They always say he's full of it, right? Dr. Ron Fields mm -hmm. is sharing the knowledge today. Uh, it's always seems cer certain things, doctor, will get your attention. I know for me, being a cardiac patient for well over 25 years, it's the stroke factor. And uh, finally, uh, Eliquis is probably the best one so far. 
for for that. And they, and they said that's the that's the one that'll uh, that keep you upright most of all. Are there any uh, you know for what you're doing? It's well, you're really working for a lot of different fronts here before you actually get to the meat of the matter. It's really it's really uh, uh, like fighting blind sometimes. I think. So, yeah. Eliquis is good, and um, Eliquis yeah. and there's actually four drugs similar to Eliquis. Eliquis yeah. and Xarelto are the two yep. most common used, and there's two less commonly used ones. But those only prevent strokes that come from AFib. Yes, from uh, there are, which is a, one reason you know, AFib is an irregular heart rhythm. Clots can form in your heart. This yep. prevents those from forming, um, and the hence lowers the stroke. But most, many strokes have nothing to do with AFib. Mm. So in the, if your body forms clots two different ways. Your platelets can do it. So aspirin is an antiplatelet agent. And then there's something called a coagulation cascade. It's, it's a way of forming clots separate from platelets. Eliquis, Xarelto, Coumadin all work on that pathway. So your body forms clots in two different pathways. So for heart disease, aspirin is better. Although mm. there's a study now for chronic heart disease, aspirin and Xarelto together seems to be better than just aspirin alone. But uh, not, and also same thing for preventing strokes using blocking both way, both pathways can give you a better response. But a lot depends on what's the cause of your stroke. Is it vascular disease? Is it AFib? Is it aneurysms? Um, all those type of things. Man, that's so much going on out there, and you're right in the middle of all that. And uh, being a, you do uh, have to individualize yes. treatments for uh, patients. Yeah, and they want to make sure we touch base, Jim, on um, what are what to do if you find you have an aneurysm, and then what are the treatment options. All right, doctor, go make ahead. Sure, we uh, sure thing. So, if you're if you have an aneurysm, it doesn't automatically have to be fixed. It depends on the signs. A normal aorta in the abdomen. The maximum normal size is three centimeters. That's a little bit of like an inch and a half in diameter. If it gets to five centimeters, the bigger it is, the more likely it is to rupture. Once it gets over five, the risk of rupture significantly increases. Whenever you do a treatment for something, you're weighing the risk of the treatment. Like if you put a stent in a heart artery, there's a risk of complications doing that. So you weigh what's the potential benefit, potential risk. For aortas, that magic number is five centimeters. If it's smaller than that, the risk of the procedure is higher than the risk of rupturing. If once it gets more than five centimeters, then the risk of rupture is higher. But fortunately, the treatment has gotten dramatic change in the last 10 years. In the past, the only treatment option when it got big enough was surgery. I had to open up your abdomen, cut out the bad piece of the aorta, and put in a synthetic tube that connects the good aorta down to the leg art where it splits to go into your legs. We don't have to do that anymore. The vast majority can be fixed. The term is an endograft. An endograft is a long covered tube that has stents, spring-like stents on either end of them. So you go in from the leg arteries, almost like a heart catheterization like you had, go up the aorta, you deploy this, you start deploying it above the aneurysm, and then you unfold it, and then it opens up this tube inside the aneurysm and then extends into your both legs. So you're internally bypassing the aneurysm. It's still there, but there's no blood going to it. 
Mm. What comes down your aorta into the tube and then out the tube into both legs. And, so it's, and it's a about a two-hour procedure, and people go home in a day or two. Yeah, it's almost like a bypass, or you, you're in a way. It's an internal bypass. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah. it's little incisions in both legs, and it's amazing that you um, the, the the risk is dramatically less, the recovers dramatic dramatically faster. Um, it's a huge breakthrough in the treatment of aneurysms. That's right. And now we're doing the similar in the chest as well. In the past, you always had the operations there. But now, depending where it is, we can do these stent grafts um, in the chest, a, a, a thoracic aortic aneurysms as well. Yeah. The uh, recovery time, too, has to be a lot lot better, too, right, doctor, for some what you've been doing? Yeah, you're home in 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, you just have a little, like a one-inch incision at both groin sites. The mm-hmm. tubes are bigger than on a heart catheterization, so you usually uh, have the surgeons with us. There's an interventional cardiologist and one of our surgeons together. They'll make a little incision, and then when we're done, because these are bigger tubes, they'll um, they'll suture the artery. They'll repair the artery and then close the skin. So you just have a day or two for the skin incision to heal, and mm-hmm. then you're good as new. Wow. Well, I mean, what got you into this? Uh, I mean, this is pretty heavy stuff. Is there a calling you had or family members had uh, heart issues? What, uh, doctor, what made you go for this one? This is, uh, this is pretty <laughs> pretty intense. I think from a medicine standpoint, when I was a little kid, they asked, what do you want to be when you go up? I thought you were supposed to say a doctor. You know, yeah. that's what you were supposed to answer, and I just never changed that. I didn't know any doctors, per se, except my family doctor. And then when I, once I got into medicine, the reason I liked cardiology, I was very good at math. And a lot of cardiology is basic physics. You know, you have an aortic stenosis. You know, the, as the valve gets smaller, pressure gets more. It, it's very math-related. You know, you, you push a button here and you get an outcome there. You squeeze an artery. You narrow the flow. It, it very much made sense to me. Yeah, it's like where you where you find math, you find truth, is what uh, my dad used to say. You know, so yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and then the interventional cardiology was just yeah. You have to have a certain set of yep. I, you know, yeah. I'm not sure what I can say on the radio, yeah. but you have to have you have to be able to get, you put yourself into life threatening situations. I mean, we go in someone's having really having a heart attack, yeah. and we'll go in and fix them right um right in the middle of that it is amazing all the technology too that's uh, and all the tools that you're equipped with now before it's uh, certainly come a long way from the days of uh, dr howard dr fine and dr howard doing all this stuff too i mean it's (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, do you see uh, do you see anything uh, on the horizons i know there's a especially in cardiology doctors there's always a lot of research and development stuff going on and that's you know a lot of dollars into that and about heart uh, uh, disease and surgeries and treatments and medications. Are, is there anything on the horizon that you see out there? At the, you see some in research and development that, that may be coming down the pike a little bit? The, the near future, what's, what has started and is progressing the most is treatment of the term is structural heart disease. Mm-hmm. So things that you used to have to do an operation on for the heart, like replacing a valve, they're now doing those in the cath lab. So in the aortic valve, most people who need an aortic valve replacement don't need surgery. You can go up from the leg, like you're having a catheterization, go up the aorta, and you can put a new valve inside the old valve. No surgery whatsoever. They're starting to do similar things in the mitral valve. That's technically harder, but they're 
in progress there. Um, there's if you have a hole between the chambers of your heart, you can patch those without surgery. That that's that is the biggest front that's happening right now. Yeah. The next parts will be trying to understand more who gets heart disease and doesn't. Yes. Two people can have the exact same cholesterol, and one gets a heart attack at 40, and the other lives to 100. Why yes. is that? It's the cholesterol that makes the plaque, but why is there a difference? So there's genetic factors there that they're trying to figure out and say, can you intervene there? That's going to be enormous when they figure that part out. Well, it seems like you've, we've figured out, or at least you've figured out a lot of it and a lot of uh, intricate knowledge there and some of the advancements that have been going on out there. And uh, hopefully there'll be more uh, more indicators of what's coming. I mean, that's the, it's still pretty scary stuff, to be to be sure. And, uh, and uh, you pr- you're certainly able to uh, parse it and dissect all that stuff and get all that information out. And uh, always great to have you aboard on the Healthline. It's so, it's so uh, great to have you, and hopefully we can... Uh, Keep these chats going for a long, long time. Be my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you very much, Dr. Ron Fields, aboard with all the knowledge on the St. Mary Healthline. For more information, you can get to the website, stmaryhealthcare.org, and you can check in with us, the St. Mary Healthline, 9 o'clock Wednesdays here on WBCB.